Welcome to the Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss Jane Austen adaptations, now covering Incense and Sensibility by Sonali Dev. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. And I'm Jillian Davis. We're proud partners of the Frolic Podcast Network, a community made up of your favorite voices in all of Romancelandia and beyond. Keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at the Pemberley, and you can email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Pemberley Podcast. This week, we're going to be diving into chapters 13 through 15 of Incense and Sensibility. But before we get into that, we want to talk about something we've both watched recently, both enjoyed, and highly recommend. Oh, yes. And we've talked about the show before, but that was season one, which was eons ago, last year. We want to talk about season two of Never Have I Ever on Netflix. Yes. It's... Such a good show, created by Mindy Kaling, who is of The Office fame, The Mindy Project, just showrunner extraordinaire. All the fame just only makes good (laughs) television, really. Yeah. The show is about a high school girl named Davy who is just navigating, trying to be cool, and uh, finds herself in a love triangle in season two. Doesn't handle it well at all. (laughs) Well, and here's what's so interesting, because I remember you and I talking about season one, where she is newly reeling from the death of her father, sudden death of her father. And so she's juggling, like, dealing with her grief, as well as like, wait, I want to be cool. I want to be the girlfriend of the hottest guy in school. I want to lose my virginity to him. And it was a lot of that. And so what's great about season two, we pick up seconds. I I don't even want to say we picked up after. We are on Davy, right? As she is making out with Ben Gross, we see what other ways she's dealing with the loss of her father, as well as her self-esteem and like who she thought she was, what she thought her label was and how that's been changing. And and as well as her other friends. And and we learn more about Paxton. I cried during this season. I don't know if you did. It's hard not to. Also want to point out that tennis legend John McEnroe Mm -hmm. is the narrator for Davey. Mm -hmm. And it's so great because like there's some really funny like teen girl thoughts and moments that she's thinking and then you hear it in his voice. But it totally makes sense. (laughs) It does. And I even love certain points where he's like, now for all of you adults watching at home, you know this is like a bad situation, but Davy doesn't know that. Yeah. And it's what I love about that is it really takes you back to this place of like, oh right, like I really believed these things when I was a teenager yeah. and in yeah. college, and probably most people even in their twenties and thirties still, you know, sure. have these issues. Uh, if you want to laugh, if you want to cry, if you want to learn something about yourself, <laughs> <laughs> then uh, do not walk, run to watch. Never have I ever on Netflix. Previously on Incense and Sensibility, we learn about the magical day that Yush and India met spending all night talking in the gazebo, but then Yush ghosted India. Now in his time of need, India is willing to help him work through his trauma. As we all know, Yush was shot in the first chapter. His bodyguard, Abdul, is currently in a coma because he got in the way of that bullet. So he took the force. Yush took the bullet. He's physically healing. He's emotionally healing. Yeah which is something that's really new for him. 
his family, even though they're supportive of it, and even like all his friends, they're still taking the stance of like, yes, yes, get the help you need. But also we need to get you campaigning and we need like all these speeches and debates and talk strategy. So they're really not giving him the space to do that. He right now is choosing his own mental health, which is great. But he's doing that by showing up unannounced to India's studio and being like, hi, I'm here. I really need your help right now. And she graciously is like, yes, come in. I will take you in. It's fine. It's almost like he's a teenage boy knocking on her window. Yeah. He wants to get back to work so badly, like work and the campaign and success, like succeeding is all Yush has ever known. And I think he's really out of his element. It's not that he doesn't care, but he just, we're going to learn more in this section that like, he just doesn't feel the same drive to campaign as he has for the rest of the 38 years of his life because he's like, oh my gosh, is there more to life than campaigns? Like, Abdul hasn't woken up. That's like a huge concern of his and he hates this feeling of being helpless and out of control. India invites him in. He's not a fan of oats, so... I, you know, I never really thought of oats as a, the thing. Like, you know, people have their food preferences, yeah. but I've never heard of someone being like, ugh, oats, what am I, a horse? Maybe you know? just like the texture or something. I don't know. Something about it where he's just like not a fan. It sounds like these are some amazing overnight oats. Yeah. They're like, she's like, there's mango, there's chia seeds. I love all that stuff. And I'm like, sounds great. Have uh, you ever had overnight oats? I haven't. No, I... To me, the, <laughs> it seems like expensive food you get at like like, creation or something like that yeah i think so uh so i've never had it but maybe we should i mean maybe we'll try we tried icelandic yogurt and celery soda when we covered emma approved maybe we should have our own cooking series where we also make the food that's true i feel bad that i'm coming to the conclusion in the middle of book three because all (laughs) all of these books have someone who cooks pride prejudice other flavors DJ's a chef. Recipe for Persuasion, Ashna's a chef. Like, what have we been doing? My goodness. (laughs) But yeah, they're very, we're we're again seeing how opposite they are because India is very conscious of like what she puts into her body and what she eats and eating very healthy. Uh, Yash is like, I just went through a traumatic event. I'm going to eat all the sugar and wonderful stuff like I want to, Um, which like totally valid. But again, like they're just very opposites. So even though she serves them a little bit, he's just like, no, thank you. <laughs> he's a grown man, which means he's a child. <laughs> yeah. So they do get into like actually the session of working through either breathing or something. And I think even India's like a tiny bit defensive. Like, is he going to think this is weird? Or like, mm. maybe she just has that experience of like people coming in judging her or judging the practice. I mean, Yash was a little judgmental yeah. of her. You know, she and her family are very hippy dippy and it works for them. I mean, I want to take yoga reading this book because they sound so healthy and flexible and holistic. And I'm like, I don't have incense. What's wrong with me? (laughs) (laughs) No, it is like a deeper level because like there's certainly like if you just go to a gym and you take yoga, it's going to be a different experience than if you go with someone like India who is like taking you through like this actual ritual and practice of it. And it's going to be a totally different experience. Mm -hmm. You know, I think she just wants to make sure like, is he actually taking this seriously? And he's not just mocking it and trying to like get in and get out. But I think, you know, he's there, yes, to get help, but he's also there to see India. (laughs) Let's be real. That's the whole, like that's, it's so interesting because so much of this book 
like the tension between the two of them is like him just sort of popping up saying like, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling scared, I'm feeling helpless. And she just talks or they breathe or they eat and it works. He just, he's dehydrated probably. (laughs) She's the only person in his life he can talk to about the real stuff he's going through without the pressure of like, you still need to get engaged or you still need to do all these different things. Like, so she's the one person like outside of his life, but that still knows so much about his life and the people in his life. She's not going to just be like, yeah, yeah, but you still need to follow through on your responsibilities. Like, yeah. she's going to at least hear him out and, and not pressure him. She, like, acts as a real sounding board. And if he says something like, I don't know if I can go on campaigning, then she'll say, well, why is it you think that? You know, like, she yeah. really, you she know. She doesn't feed him the answer. She, like, wants him to process it. And I think there was even at one point she was like, I don't want to give him the answer because I know he knows. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to let him go through it and figure it out. Yeah. So yeah. Jump into chapter 14. I think these three chapters are, are definitely a lot of their conversations together and their tension that they're feeling for each other. Because Yash is like obsessed with her. Yeah. He thinks she's the most gorgeous being in the whole celestial universe. Like as he should. Honestly, with him popping in and dumping his issues on her, I'm like, oh, you're the luckiest guy in the yeah, world. Sure. Like she's so perfect and beautiful. It's just so great. And you just have, you just need her, you yeah. know? But she also kind of needs him. Because one thing I really like learning about India in this section is that She's very in touch with her mind and her body. And it's it's a big deal where it's like her, like, she's like given love a shot. It's not like she's been waiting for Yush. No. But she's never dishonest with herself. And she's not someone who's just like dating to date, doing anything that like feels disingenuous to her. Because she's like, I'm just doing myself a disservice. Why would I do that? You yeah. know? And, and I think it's really hard for her realizing how connected she feels to him. Yeah, we do find out, like, she's been in relationships since that one day with the... uh, (laughs) Ten years ago. Yeah, so, like, but she hasn't had a relationship last longer than six months because, again, like, she doesn't feel that connection. And actually, it was interesting because she mentioned, like, the last relationship, he had changed, like, his whole life really to match hers. Mm -hmm. And she was like, no, I don't want you to just match me because you think that's what I want. Like, I want you to do it because you want to do that. So even like that, yeah. it's like she she doesn't just want someone who's going to like follow everything she does. She wants someone who's going to be genuine in whatever yeah. they do. It's that one line where she was, uh, where she, that was so attractive to her about Yush was like about being a public servant. And that's the line she kind of brings up a few times where she's mm-hmm. like, that's why I believed in you. That's why I believe in you. Yeah. That's why I want to help you. No, and I think that's definitely, that line is like a big thesis statement for Yush of being like, yeah. I thought you wanted to be a public servant, not a politician. And Mm -hmm. he's just been playing like it's different because there's a difference between wanting to serve your community and also having to play these political games where you have to do whatever it takes, say whatever you have to get whatever money, whatever way you have to, to like get into power, you know, the, for him, the power comes from the people so that he can like put that energy back out there. And I think that's like part of like, him being his authentic self that she's so drawn to. Yeah. And he's lost his way a little bit. And I think she's just like, how do I guide you back? He's in this place where he was like, I wanted to help and I didn't help. I'm injured. I'm shot. I'm my, you know, his self-esteem is shot. His drive is shot. And he's like, what's the point of this anymore? And so that's part of what she's doing of helping him find his way back. 
they start to talk about some more personal things. India's talking about like her grandfather. India's very reserved and like doesn't want him, doesn't want to let him into her personal life. I think even like having her mother upstairs is like too close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. like obviously Which it is. Yeah. <laughs> She has, like, her own health problems that she's going through, and I think she just wants to keep Yush separate from, like, her actual life. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't work because then Tara comes down, gets into the conversation, and insists that he eats the overnight oats. Tara's being <laughs> such a mom here. I love yeah. it. Because I feel like up until this point, she's just been the cool mom. Yeah. And now she's like, oh, honey, who's this handsome boy? Eat her oats. Everyone loves India's yeah. oats. You know, like, that's that's what moms are supposed to do when you bring attractive men home. <laughs> he doesn't love it, but he doesn't mind eating it. So, yeah. Okay. Um, but they both also bond because she's like telling him oh so did they take the bullet out of you did it like get infected because i've heard stories and yeah. these are all the gross stories and he's like fascinated but also horrified and he's so, like oh she just there are no punches pulled she we're getting into it tara has a little bit of a coughing fit and so she needs to excuse herself india's also like okay yeah she's like you gotta go i gotta take care of my mom yush is just trying to be helpful he's like but shouldn't you take her to a doctor like shouldn't i like i know a lot of doctors I can connect you to a specialist or something. Um, And India's like, oh, a doctor. I never would have thought of that. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) She's got a little little sarcasm there. Um, But like, he doesn't know her situation that like, she is financially struggling. He saw like all the renovations. He's like, this is great. But what does this actually mean for Mm -hmm. your finances? Mm -hmm. So even though he's trying to help, she doesn't want it. And she actually has this line. He says, you're helping me. Why can't I help you? Suddenly he was close too close and she says because you came to me for help i did not come to you (gasps) that's i think the main thing where she's like okay this is the boundary i'm not asking you for help i know you want to help but this is my life please stay away Mm -hmm. so she really just like shoes him out this is actually also where we find out how india found out that yush was in a relationship cut back to 10 years ago to 10 years ago where it was right after ashna and trishna came home from shreepur they're both just like gushing about yush and naina they're like oh my god they met at the wedding reception they're so cute together it's so amazing because they were childhood friends and now they met at the wedding and it's like so great that they're together it's so hurtful because that's the same wedding reception where she met yush so it's like, wait, did that night meet nothing? He was just like yeah. with some other woman yep. on the dance floor? Yep. I, I think it's like tricky because that she, for her, that she's feeling so much after spending one night with him. Like, yeah. it's like she's hurt. She knows a lot about him. She's heard a lot about him. But that was the one time that they spent time together. And I think... You know, there's definitely a bit of embarrassment if, like, yeah. you feel so much for this person after that one night, and then they're like, that was fun, but then I met someone who's so much better than you, and <sighs> we've been together for 10 years, you know? Like, especially since you met, like, this, si- like you happened at the setting. same time, like... I'm like not Team Yash right now. No, I'm just not. it's just so awful, and it feels like like even she mentioned like she wanted to call him, but like uh, how do you call? Don't someone? call him. No, because it's like, hey, so was that night just totally different than what I thought it was? Yeah. And she just shoots him out and tells him we'll set time to talk. He leaves. Hi everyone. Are you under thirty? Do you love Jane Austen? Do you love film? 
Do you live in North America? Our stats point to yes. You should enter the Jasna Southwest Young Filmmakers Contest. Create your own five minute or less short film inspired by Jane Austen. We have an amazing panel of judges, including Amy Heckerling, who directed Clueless. Oh my gosh, I love that movie. Gurinder Chada, who directed Bennett Like Beckham and Bride and Prejudice. Are you kidding me? Laura Rister, producer of Mr. Malcolm's List. Almost made it to set. Suzanne Elaine, who wrote Mr. Malcolm's List. Phenomenal guest. Sonali Dev, author of Incense and Sensibility and Recipe for Persuasion. One of the best authors out there. And Ty Burr, film critic at the Boston Globe. Love Boston. The deadline to enter is October 1st, 2021. You can get more details about the contest and prizes at jasnasw.com. Now, back to the episode. Now we go into chapter 15. Uh, Yesh is an hour late to meeting with Rico to talk media strategy. Um, He's not on his game. Nope. But Rico is has covered for him. He's like, yeah, yeah, Yesh is here. We've been talking for an hour already. Um, Can I just say, I'm like, no, maybe we should get into this later. But like ever since Ted Lasso, I'm like, oh man, for a former soccer player, he can do it all. Yeah. <laughs> is he like... Um, Roy Kent. Is he Roy Kent? He's, I mean, like I am personally am very deeply in love with Roy Kent. So I'm like, <laughs> yes, he is. Maybe he's, he's doing a mix everything. of like Jamie Tart and Roy Kent. Yes. We are not team Jamie in the beginning. He's no. like... To quote Roy Kent, the prince prick of all pricks. The looks of Jamie. And charm of Jamie. With like the personality, the personality of, of Roy, Roy Kent. Kent. Yeah. But he's a little less angry. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's still plenty angry, but he's less gruff. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. now he's amazing at PR. So the skills of Keely. Yes. The personality That's of true. Roy Kent and the looks and charm of Jamie. He's Hart. all three of those people. Wow. Rico can do it all. Yeah. What can I say? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, Yush is also now kind of reflecting on 10 years ago. He's just trying to figure out like, why? Like, why would I have walked away from from India? But it was because he was still hurt from the Julia Wickham situation. Nina is someone that he knew that he grew up with. Mm -hmm. She was someone he thought was safe and trustworthy. And so he just felt like she is a safe, low stakes option to go about this and I'll just be in this fake relationship. It benefits both of us Mm -hmm. and we'll be fine. Because in pursuing India, who is someone new, who's they barely know each other, Mm -hmm. is taking a risk. And Mm -hmm. he's not a fan of taking risks right now. Nope. Not a fan at all. It's him falling for India that he's realizing what a disservice he's been doing for himself these past 10 years because... It worked in the moment because both their families were pressuring them to find someone. So they just found someone and got together. And then I feel like he just blinked and 10 years went by. Yeah. It didn't matter because because of his past trauma, he hasn't been like super hot on like finding a girlfriend. That kind of a relationship, romance, intimacy is like not at the top of his to-do list. Now that he's found someone that he really likes, he's realizing what a mistake it was to let the lie get as big as it is. Really, this session with Rico was just to catch him up on everything because Yush has been out of the loop on his own campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still ahead. Great. A couple hours later, then Ashna comes home and she brings along China and Song. Song at first freaks out because she's like, a person. Because China and Song have been dating on the very down low. Very, very down low. Uh, we also, I think it's here, we find out that Song made China sign an NDA for their relationship. Which, I don't know if you any of you follow Dumois on Instagram, <laughs> but 
But that has that was like a maybe a month or two ago. It was a whole thing about people being like, yeah, like some B or C list celebrity made them sign NDAs in order to be like in a relationship with them. Dumois, by the way, is a gossip Instagram account yes. where I feel like it's kind of like what Yik Yak was for college students in 2014. Sure. It's just a lot of like unsolicited information yeah. from the universe. It's not verified, which makes it equally trustworthy as it is untrustworthy. Yeah, I think you just have to read everything with a grain of salt. Like celebrities, even people you know, but you wouldn't consider crazy famous, which to me, if my parents have heard of you, you're crazy famous. You know, I believe that they have security and they have NDAs and they have things that they're hiding. I mean, once you kind of get to a certain level, once you get a certain amount of money, you now have skeletons. You have a much bigger closet full of skeletons. The, uh, The consensus was... If someone makes you sign an NDA, don't. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, unless it's like actual work business. Right. This is right. not Fifty For, Shades of Grey. Right. This is not that I feel like that book slash movie franchise taught us that's a bad idea. Yeah. Bringing it back to the Roche family. It's definitely, I feel like, one of several red flags that have been popping up ever since Song and China have been together. Yush actually kind of clocks it because he's like, why is she so freaked out? And he's not sure, like, is it just because she just wants to keep be super private about her relationship? Or is it also that she's still in the closet? So it's also like, it could be like- whole, And both, you know? Yeah, I think it could be a mixture of both, but it could be like a whole branding thing for her because she is still like this very famous yeah. pop star and trying to be yeah. a movie star. And if she has a certain image she thinks she has to maintain, she feels like she can't go public with this, which really sucks. This is definitely, I mean, as with all kind of like relationship issues, this is- song's problem. This is her issue with herself and her career and the way that people see her. And I think China is just a little too understanding of like, it's not me. Everyone is telling song that like, you know, I understand you got to maintain your career. You got to do your this, you got to do that. Like, you know, she, she's not asking for enough. You know, she's met someone, she's crazy about her. What we've like heard from India's point of view recently is that, you know, that doesn't happen a lot. China doesn't always meet people that she likes. She doesn't date a lot. And so when she really sets her sights on someone, it's something special and she doesn't want to let go of it. She she really wants to fight for her love and for her yeah. relationship. And she doesn't see Song staying in the closet and like keeping her relationship with China a secret. She doesn't see that as a real, she's just like, oh, that's just something that we need to overcome and we'll right. do it together. And she's completely ignoring the fact that this is actually something she's doing by herself. Song is not looking to get out of an NDA. She's not looking to come out. She's not strategizing how she can be her authentic self. She's, she's not making those plans. And it's got nothing to do with China. I'm sure she's crazy about China, but she's crazier about herself. Yeah. While they're there, Brandy shows up because Yush had completely ditched her <laughs> and brings her his keys. But then she's like, also, my daughter wanted to meet you because she's a huge fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and turns out her daughter is also a huge fan of Song. <gasps> so, yep, yep. Uh, Song and China, like, sprint apart when Aww. she enters. China and Ellie actually connect on the fact that they're both adopted. Mm-hmm. And so they have, like, this really nice, sweet moment. And then Ellie's like, but I'm adopted because <laughs> my my mom died. And so Brandy was her girlfriend. 
And they're all like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those, like, truth bombs that, like, kids just casually drop and you're like, that's a lot of information yeah. at once. Yeah. But it also gives a lot of insight to China okay. because China has seen Brandy as, like, this very cold, off-putting person. And now this is giving her more insight into who Brandy actually is and the fact that she's a mother and the fact that she yeah. went through this horrible thing situation well not only is she a mother she's an adoptive mother which is like something and you know it's not like she just got pregnant and decided to it's she she really loved her mother enough to say yes i'm gonna take this on i'm gonna be this girl's mother i think it's like really you know we don't know how old she was when this happened but i mean basically the more we learn of brandy the more we like her she's a very giving person she's a very understanding person she she wants to give the world to her her daughter that she adopted and, and loved her mother so fiercely and who doesn't love that person yeah i just like that we're starting to plant more seeds between brandy and china as far as like how will these two come mm-hmm. together and mm-hmm. it's like understanding each other being more compassionate toward one another so it's coming it's, it's coming, coming up we're the seeds have been planted the final two things within this chapter is that Yush asks Rico to, like, really cool it with including Nina in the campaign. He's like, can we just not have her part of everything? Yeah. And and Rico's like, she's your girlfriend. Like, people love the image of you, too. You need to be together. So if you're having issues, like, fix it. So Ashina has snuck Yush out, and he just, like, leans against the wall. He's looking up at India's studio. And who is there but little Chutney, uh, the little pup, looking down at him. And he's like, oh, Chutney, I'll just wave to Chutney. And Chutney goes ballistic. (laughs) Chutney just starts barking up a storm and alerting the whole neighborhood that someone is down there. Uh, which then, of course, causes India to come to the window and looks down and just sees Yush looking longingly up at her. So. By the way, I just love, I'm like picturing this like Romeo and Juliet situation where he's like looking up, dreamy, like maybe picturing like India's reflection in the glass. Yeah. And then uh, he sees a pug's face just like, <sighs> yeah. <sighs> you know how they breathe Pretty really much. heavy? <laughs> yeah. So India's like, what are you doing here? Yes. And he says, I can't go home. That's where we end, is that, you know, he he's finding himself always gravitating back toward India when he, he doesn't know where to go or doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So... I don't want to say, like, he's being too needy, because he has needs. There's a difference between being needy and having needs. Yeah. But kind of going back to what we talked about earlier, I mean... She's not asking for his help, and he keeps asking her for her help. Yeah. And I, it's hard for her to say no to him. Yeah. They have such a connection, so. And history. You know, yeah. it's one night, but they've got that history that has really stuck with them. Yeah. Well, tune in to find out what happens between India and Yush next week on the Pemberley Podcast. Pemberley Podcast.